Welcome to Chasing Possible, a podcast where I sit down with ReliQuest founder and CEO, Brian Murphy. And as we go through the story of ReliQuest history, each episode is designed to give you a look into the mindset we've relied on to make security possible. Now let's go get it. All right, Murph, we're coming out of 2009, starting to see some success, starting to get that fire going a little bit. And now it's, it's how do we how do we keep it going? How do we grow it, right? How do we manage it, maintain it, but but grow it more importantly? And so tons of lessons learned from 09 that that I'm sure you're going to carry into 2010. So take us through 2010. Where are we at? What are we doing? Yeah. So you're coming in 2010. We have some momentum. Um, you know, I think <laughs> I can remember early in 2010, it was uh, really the first time I was on any kind of consistent payroll. Uh, so that was nice. That was a big win. We talked about last time, kind of bringing that check home to Renee. And yeah, it's a hundred thousand dollars now. You know, that's not a lot of money. Uh, we don't we don't sell anything that's a hundred thousand dollars now. There's no reason to get a check in the mail unless it's like a refund or something. But um, <laughs> and and so uh, you know, on payroll, uh, starting to get into a groove. I think in a couple ways. You know, we're still recruiting off campus and. Um, you know, you, you gotta, I've talked about this before in earlier episodes. Um, you gotta, you know, go where you have credibility and people know you, right? So we're going back to Florida state. I kept consistently talking in front of classrooms and, and going back and, and donating time. And, and we're seeing some, some people join the team and you've got, you know, the one and only, Scotty Noonan comes uh, rumbling, fumbling, and stumbling in the uh, in the ReliQuest door, and um, you know Scott is just one of those key hires for us. And you started around 2000, 2010. We started to get a sense, or I started to get a sense of kind of shaping what works, right? Shaping mm-hmm. um, what it takes to hire at an early stage company, right. That's starting to grow. That's starting to be high growth. And you, you start to appreciate that there's different personalities and different stages of a company, different sure. endings of a business. Right. And, and just cause somebody maybe wasn't a fit early on, um, they, they might've been a fit later on. And, and we're learning that every day today. There are just different spots that people enjoy working in. And we started to really understand in that stage where we were, um, you know, what, what the right fit was. Uh, and so Scotty Noonan joins, he had a couple people starting with him at the time. We've some, you know, cast of characters in there. It was, it was a fun group. I mean, we would do, uh, our onboarding at that time was a whole day long and it consisted of really me talking probably too much and drawing on a whiteboard and stopping to show scenes out of certain movies and, um, to, to highlight points and, and, uh, there was a, a real personality forming around the company. Um, yeah. it, it wasn't unusual for us to hit happy hours. I think that was when maybe the first beverage cart was introduced into ReliQuest, uh, you know, with a assorted um, refreshments of whatever your preference was on a, on a Friday. And um, there's just good banter, good energy, right? We finally yeah. had something to run at. We finally had something to go get but we only had two or three customers at the time. Right. So I laugh in uh, 2010, I joined this. um, I think I joined it maybe in 2009, but I joined the CEO group and uh, you know, it's like a group of doesn't have to be the same energy, uh, same industries, but 
it's CEOs um, that are, you know, at different stages of growing small businesses, basically, basically some are lifestyle businesses, meaning they're just there to make a certain amount of money for whoever the CEO or owner is. Some are really trying to do something. And I, I got lucky because most of these groups are ineffective. Most of these groups, um, people spend more time kind of peacocking and acting as if uh, mm. and not getting real. And I was very fortunate to um, be introduced and get invited into a group where some people, uh, you know, you, you always lose people. So there's 12 or 15 members. You're constantly cycling through four or five. Um, and so you, of the core nine or 10 that are there, you probably have four or five that I got fortunate. We're really trying to do something meaningful and, uh, there's a moderator to it. And the moderator is a super, is a super interesting guy. Um, Rolf Arnhem, uh, West Point grad, you know, uh, <laughs> a Vietnam war hero. I mean, the guy's just really, really an interesting eclectic career post-military did a really a bunch of interesting things. And he was at that point in his late seventies heading into his eighties and, uh, we'd get in these all day sessions, uh, once a quarter. And I think every quarter for two years, he asked me the same question as he would say, you know, Brian, what, um, what is the, uh, how much of your business is, uh, is concentrated across, you know, these three or four customers? And I, well, a hundred percent. Right. And it's like, he just kept asking questions still, I still keep in touch with some of those guys today. And anytime they see me, it's not often I see them, they'll Brian, what percentage of your business? <laughs> like, it's always the question they ask me. So, you yeah. know, you're, you're getting, um, we're starting to get some recognition here locally for, you know, joining the fast 50 awards. And, you know, I think we ended, um, if you look at 2009, we're, you know, seven, 800 K we, we're going to double that to, you know, one, six, one, seven, one, eight in 2010. So you're getting some momentum. I'll say though, the key thing that happened. So we're figuring out the personality. We're figuring out who can be successful. Um, a key opportunity came our way. We had gotten really good at being willing to do the things that other people weren't willing to do really good at, you know, finding ways to, to get people downrange and outside continental U S and get a hold of them and, um, getting them to go work other contracts. And, um, before they called cybersecurity cyber in the military, they called it IA, information assurance. And so if you think about the satellite and network work that we were doing, anytime one of those systems were changed, an IA engineer had to come in and just validate that nothing was changed in a way that made it, um, you know, susceptible to somebody that, you know, to, to get access to it that shouldn't. Right. So, um, they would go run this kind of checklist of processes. And so, um, that was really one of the functions that got us working back on contracts in the U S still on mil military bases. Um, but information assurance became the thing that we got really good at. And, hmm. you know, they were leveraging, um, a lot of the commercial tools. I mean, military uses cybersecurity commercial tools as well a lot of the same commercial tools that we use when we move to hundred percent commercial, but it's really where we started to um, really dive into the use cases around, you know, controls and security and, uh, and those things. So, you know, we're moving along, we're growing, uh, we're adding people. Um, Murph, yeah. quick question, adding people. So 2009, we had about eight people. Yeah. How many do we have 2010? Can you think back? 
you know, if if I had to put a number on it, I think we were we're just under double. We probably added, you know, six six people there. We're probably okay, you know, fifteen, sixteen people. Maybe we were double. Um, okay. At, yeah. At different at different points, uh, but still, you know, pretty small business, right? Um, sure. And sure. But but and getting after it, there were no guarantees. There's no no recurring revenue, right? We had to we had to kill what we wanted to eat every day. So it was, what have you done for me lately? Every month, the clock reset. And the way I ran the business back then is I started to measure success on consecutive months of break even. So, um, you know, I couldn't, I wouldn't put myself on payroll unless we were going to be break even from just the deals that we closed to, um, the expenses. And, really started a, a, a trend there. And, um, you know, Phil Moyer, who I talked about, um, yeah. the Moyer award is, is there, you know, helping me do a lot of the payroll and stuff and taking that off my plate. But really what Phil became in 2010 was really starting to shape. What do we want to be right? You can pay the bills. Um, at that point, I didn't feel like it was a real business. Um, always had a chip on my shoulder. It was never big enough, never fast enough. I mean, if you think about it, you know, the, the number of businesses that start and fail, right. Um, and never reach even that level of revenue, that small amount of money, $2 million a year and, and revenue, um, you know, not many people get to that stage, but you got to go back and look at where we were. Also, we're doing work as a sub to a sub to sub on a military contract nobody involved in this was former military. So all of the language that we use is completely foreign. So we had to get really good at teaching new hires, the language of the business. Right. Yeah. And that we knew that speed mattered. Right. So we had to find people that were driven enough and competitive enough that would want to beat that shot clock. Right. As it turned on and, um, but we're still coming through it. It's, you know, 2008 was a crash. 2009 was an ugly year. 2010 isn't much better. Now, if you probably go and look at it, we were coming out. I think at some point in 2010, uh, it was, uh, it might've been late 2009, but I think it was early 2010, uh, a famous, uh, reporter on CNBC called the bottom of the market. Right. And that became the rebuild process, but it was a pretty, the economy is pretty devastated. Florida real estate was a mess. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in a house that Renee and I bought, uh, right before Devin was born and did all this renovation work. And I just kind of told myself we may be living here forever. Cause I don't know if that house prices will rebound, which is funny now to say that. Um, but you know, we're hardly living the dream, right? You know, Parker yeah. is, you know, at this point, uh, you know, year and five months and, uh, Devin's, you know, four and a half years old and I'm largely just not around. I mean, it's, um, even when I am around, I'm not around. One of the things that we used to do, um, or that I would used to do is I take Amex points, right? So I, I, I knew when that number called, I knew I was Amex looking for a payment. Well, now we're at a point where we can actually pay Amex. So I felt good. I, it was nothing made me happier to make a car payment that had AC uh, and to pay Amex before they called. And then I loved payroll because, you know, most, a lot of people say, Oh, I hate payroll, man. I loved it. I just like being able to make it. That was great. I yeah. love paying commission. Always have never missed a payroll or a commission payment. Um, but we got in the habit of, you know, using Amex points and driving over to Orlando and just 
I found if I got out, if I changed my environment, changed scenery, I, I could be a little bit of a different person around, you know, Renee and the kids. Um, but it didn't take much to just get me right back into that mindset of survival. Right. So we're still, it's still a struggle. The market around is a struggle. It, it, never in 2010 could I have imagined that, you know, in a, sig- a short four and a half years later, we'd be courted by some top growth equity companies in one of the fastest growing areas of cybersecurity. Like, think about that. Like you're in, you just fought your way 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010. So four years in, you're in the middle of the ocean, right? You can, you can turn the boat, you can turn the boat around or you can burn the lifeboats, right? And keep going forward. Um, and that's what we did. Uh, we were learning IA. We didn't quite know what that was going to mean to us very shortly. Um, but we kept grinding. Sure. Something you've mentioned a couple of times now is like 2010 is about shaping what works. And you even, you know, said Phil Moyer helped shape what we want to be. What's your thought process? What's your decision-making process? Like, how would you describe your ability to see around corners and you can see and go, I can see this coming. We're going to burn the boat. You know, we're going to go this way. We believe that information assurance is the way to go. Like, like how, what was your thought process to keep going and, but have the adaptability to know like, Hey, we got to keep evolving. Oh, this looks, you know, like how, how did you work through that? Murph? Um, I think what helps is naturally I have a mindset that it's just never good enough. Right. So there is never a sit back and celebrate yourself. And when you think that way, you're always looking for next, you're always searching. Right. Um, and so I don't think I, I saw around many corners. I walked into a lot of walls and got hit by a lot of cars, but, um, but if you keep searching, you're going to find something and information assurance. The funny thing about it is it just paid more. Um, we, we focused on it cause it, it paid more. You, you did the same amount of work and it was, you know, a, a better margin on the work that we were doing. And, um, so, so we paid more attention to it. Um, and, and then, you know, we're still volunteering in AFSIA, Armed Forces Communication Electronics Association there in McDill Air Force Base. And, it's a great community. You've got Central Command, Special Operations Command, you know, the Air Force Command, all the different units there. And you just pay attention and ask questions like, hey, you know, we're seeing a lot of this information assurance work. And, you know, I was never one of the ones that were kind of sitting around aimlessly networking, right? It's kind of the abyss of salespeople with business cards, handing them out to the same people every month at a lunch. And I wanted to learn. And so I just started asking a bunch of questions to people that wore the uniform and did the job. It's actually how I met John Berger. Uh, that's uh, I think 2010 is when I met John Berger. Tell yeah, us about 2010 that. or 2011. I'd, I'd have to see. Uh, I think it was his second trip down here uh, with Central Command. Gotcha. Was uh, I'm curious when you met Berger, uh, what was your first impression? That he was really important. <laughs> I mean, you know, there'd be like 500 people in this luncheon and they'd announce who the speaker is going to be and John Berger would be up there and you'd have all the people clamoring as he walked in to just, you know, see him and shake his hands. It's almost like John was just going to give out contracts as a colonel and and uh, and that wasn't John's style, but he's very much then the way he is today. Very matter of fact, um, his presentations were you know very humorous, very serious, um, you know 
it was it was a brief introduction it wasn't love at first sight by any means no sparks flew or you know sure. that was a relationship born over time but uh but yeah that was man when he came in the room everybody paid attention that, that's cool cool to hear so we're getting to the end of 2010 revenue 1.6 to 1.7 million right is that yeah pretty accurate yep. you're on the payroll now which which has got to be great not uh, all the time you know okay like remember it had to be break even right so sure and you were you always know. the first one off right i remember you mentioned oh that. man yeah yeah the that's first one uh off. what is it um accounting uh it's last in first out and first in first out i was last in yeah first out yeah so that was it so i was i was uh last one on it and first one off of it which you know really went on for for years Sure. Uh, so, so now we get to 2011, right? So 2011, walk us through, uh, you know, 2010, we had 15 to 16 uh, employees. So did that stay consistent or, or, or now are we growing more? Like, like what's the hiring like and uh, what does onboarding look like? Are, are you still using movies? Uh, curious before yeah. we answer that, what is, what was a go-to movie or maybe it still is that you used in onboarding to highlight something. I'm curious. You know, it, it without context, uh, it, it, we, I would take some scenes out of boiler room. Um, there's like a famous kind of Ben Affleck speech, uh, in there. He's like, be relentless. Um, there's a famous old sales movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, with Alec Baldwin in there, a few scenes in there, things we would never show today. Fair. Um, probably <laughs> should have never shown then. Um, there's probably some, you know, Rocky five, uh, uh, maybe was it? No, Rocky Balboa. Would that have come out around then? But there was a, you know, that's, it's, uh, uh, nobody hits harder than life speech. So yeah, there's all kind. you never know where yeah. I was going to go with that. Right. 